0: I just want to grab my opportunity to welcome each of you. I I trust you've already been welcomed, but I'm glad that you're here today, uh, this Sabbath. Um, I don't know, as I look around, I'm not sure if we have any guests today that are here for the very first time. But if that's true, we're really thankful that you're here. And uh, my name is Rodney Payne, and I have the privilege of being part of this church family in the role of a pastor. Hey, uh, you probably got in your mail this week the Gleaner, the North Pacific Union uh, publication, The Gleaner. Be sure to open that Gleaner up and turn to the Oregon Conference page. There's, a, there's an article in there that uh, I think you might enjoy. It, it has something to do with us. And so uh, just don't miss that. I'd like for you to see that. It's a, it's a wonderful affirmation and uh, grateful for that. Also hope that you're able to stay by for our fellowship lunch Even if you say, I really wasn't prepared to stay to eat, I would at least ask you to make your way down and kind of just tour the perimeter of the fellowship hall. You will see a lot of little displays of different ministries in the church. And even the visual of how many displays is kind of like, wow, there's a lot going on in this church family. And so I I encourage you to check that out and certainly stay by and join us for, uh, for lunch as well. Over the last many Sabbaths, you have been hearing various teachings that speak to our personal relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. We have been intentionally trying to just encourage our community to to seek to embrace more fully that abundant spiritual life that we are offered in Christ. Our life in Christ is not meant to be anemic and kind of just limping along it's meant to be deeply meaningful and thriving and abundant. And we've been trying to just encourage your connection with Christ. We've spoken about things like Mary and Martha, the idea of slowing down from always being a Martha to make sure that moments are happening that you're more like Mary sitting at his feet, listening to his teaching. We've spent some time recognizing that the heart wants what the heart wants. And so sometimes we need to ask God to change our hearts so that our hearts long for and take pleasure in connecting with him. We've spoken about uh, the importance of just simple reading of the scripture and taking in its content in a personal way. We've talked about being aware of your journey in Christ and as ups and downs experience that we have, and to never be content with being in a moment of stagnation, but to always pursue growth in relationship with Christ. Very recently, in the just last Sabbath or so, we've talked about how Christian growth happens, and Christian growth happens in lots of different ways, but. Some of the, the foundational ones, if you will, some of the, the four key ways that our relationship with Christ is strengthened and grows and, and moves forward is these four areas that you see on the screen. Growing in Christ certainly includes having that prayer life experience with Jesus where you're, you're just engaging in communication with God and you're, you're voicing your heart and you're listening for his voice in return. We've talked about the importance of how you need to have time with God in God's Word. Time spent just absorbing the Word of God, in a, not just in an informational way, but in a very personal way of relationship. We've spoken about the importance of uh, engaging in community. That we're not meant to live this life in Christ alone. We're meant to live it in community, encouraging one another and challenging one another. And finally, the fourth thing on the screen is we've talked about the importance of not keeping inside what it is Christ is doing with you and for you, but being willing to share that. Another word is for witness. Well, last Sabbath, we spent some time considering a little more deeply the first two that you see on this list. We talked about learning better to hear God's voice, and that very much includes engaging prayer life and giving God a chance to, to speak and we listen, and certainly time in God's Word, listening to the Word of God, and learning how He speaks. This Sabbath, I want to spend just a little bit of time Considering further the last two on this list, the idea of engaging in faith community and in sharing what it is that Christ is doing in your life. In fact, today in a very friendly and a very safe setting, I want to actually give space for engaging in faith community and sharing what it is the Lord is doing in your life in just a moment. I'm going to invite you to find a person or two and take some time to engage in just sharing and community over your experience with Jesus Christ. Now, some of you just said, fantastic, this is great. Another just got anxious about this. Don't be anxious. This is a safe place. Don't be anxious about that at all. In fact, what we're about to do. If you happen to be watching the live stream today, and we have quite a community that watches the live stream, I hope that there's somebody with you that you can take these moments to to share with. And if you happen to be alone, or maybe you're watching this recording later, uh, just take time to reflect upon God's goodness in your life in preparation to share. So to kind of demystify this a little bit and let you know how easy and meaningful this can be, I specifically want to ask you to take some time to share in in any of these types of categories, if you will. I'm actually going to give a few minutes. I'm going to give seven minutes for this in our worship time today. Today in worship, the sound of sharing will be a beautiful offering to the Lord. And what I want to encourage you to do is this, is is share maybe where you have seen the goodness of God recently in your life. And that's broad. That can be all sorts of different things. Maybe your opportunity is to share a prayer that you've been praying Maybe an answered prayer, but just something I've been praying about this and I'm beginning to see how God is working or I'm struggling with this prayer in my journey to persist. Broadly speaking, maybe you'll share just a personal experience that you've had with God. Just something's happened that you felt like was a God moment and you can take a minute or two and share that. Maybe share something that you've recently learned from the Bible. Maybe you've come across something that was particularly encouraging to you. Maybe you come across something that was really challenging for you. And you're just sharing that I've discovered this. I don't know what to do with that. And I just want you to know I'm having a, a journey with God as I sort that through. Maybe you can share just how you've seen God's hand at work in your life. Or maybe you've seen God's hand at work in somebody else's life. You know, maybe you can share about something you've observed. Maybe a glimpse that you've caught of God's character in the actions of another. Kind of that question being, where have you seen Jesus in somebody else? So you see, there's all kinds of ways to take a moment to, to share. And so I'm going to invite you, we're going to have prayer in just a moment, but I'm going to invite you to take a minute to build each other in community, sharing a bits of your faith experience groups of twos or threes, if you happen to be sat with a, a big group of your family, maybe you want to break out of that a little bit to hear just different voices than you're used to hearing and, and make sure that nobody is left out. Please make sure that everybody has somebody to just share in community with. I'm going to give seven minutes. I'm going to click a slide. There'll be a little timer actually on the screen and uh, to, just to uh, ask for God's blessing at this time of worship. And sharing, let's have a word of prayer. Our God in heaven, you are a great God, an awesome God, and you you just fill our lives with so many blessings, even blessing in difficulties and challenge. And Lord, today as we just set aside a little space and time in our worship service for, for the sharing of faith, for the sharing of experience in community, we ask for your Holy Spirit to move and to bless. Lord, just bless this moment to your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Please, find, find one or two to join and, and just take some moments to share. I' like invite you to, to pray with me. God in heaven, thank you for this time, just a few minutes. Lord, I, I genuinely believe that that sound of uh, your people sharing in love and faith is a, is a sweet sound to you. So thank you, Lord. Lord, as we move forward now and just uh, our time with your word, I just pray for your spirit's blessing and ask that uh, we would surrender our attention to you. In your name we pray, amen. Sincerely, thank you for taking those moments and uh, and sharing. I hope for those that uh, felt anxious about that, now you're thinking, oh, that was pretty nice. I hope that went well. Uh, Jesus was teaching and as usual... Others, besides just his core disciples, had gathered around and, and they were listening as well. Hearing Jesus teach with such wisdom and authority, it would seem that a man there in that gathering sought to leverage Jesus for his own gain. In Luke 12 is this account. and We'll start in verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher? "'Tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me.' But Jesus said to him, "'Man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you?' Then Jesus said to them, "'Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, "'for not even when one has an abundance "'does his life consist of his possessions.'" So, this man felt that his presumably elder brother had not properly given him his portion of his father's estate. The elder brother would have been kind of the, um, the executor, so to speak, of the estate, and portions were supposed to be given out. And, and if we could make a bit of assumption, this younger brother felt he wasn't treated fairly. And so he wanted Jesus to call his brother to task for his own personal gain. Well, Jesus kind of pushed back by clarifying that his purpose was not to settle legal disputes, but, but his purpose was rather, rather focused on much more higher and eternal matters. So Jesus pushes back. This is not for me to decide, but he immediately takes it higher and raises it to an eternal perspective when essentially he says, don't be so focused on material things. This life is not about who has the most abundance of things. Then Jesus told them a parable about a rich man who related to his God-given abundance in a very selfish manner. Now, before we take a minute on this parable, let me just speak very honestly and clearly. To be clear, this parable in its context is very much about being closed-handed with material blessings. But I think there is an application about the dangers in this parable. I think there's a spiritual application about the dangers of being closed-handed with God-given spiritual riches. So the parable goes like this in verse uh, 16. And Jesus told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself saying, What shall I do? Since I have no place to store my crops, the harvest, the grain. This man's land was very productive. And it produced a great harvest. The sun, under the guidance of God, had been permitted to shine beautifully on his fields. The rains had fallen from the open hand of God. The Lord had caused the growth in that plant life to produce an abundance harvest for this man. But he seemingly had no mind toward God. His response to God's abundance was how he might preserve it for himself. He wanted to be selfish. He wanted to hoard God's blessings. So he came up with a plan. Verse 18, Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. This was his reaction, his response to this abundance that God had provided. His plan was, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my storage barns, and I'll build bigger storage barns, and I'll store all of this abundance in those barns. And then he believed that he could just sit back and take it easy for quite some time and just live off of the abundance. The problem was that in keeping it for himself, the abundant blessing of God proved to be very short-lived. Very short-lived. The next few verses reads this way. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man Who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. In his assumption that he could just fill his bigger barns and hoard to himself for many years to come. And then in the, in the analogy or the allegory of the parable, God steps in and to reveal to him that what he had chosen to do was very unwise. It was, in fact, foolish for that very night in the teaching of this story, this man's life will come to a close. And he is confronted with the reality of everything he could have done with that abundance. And in reality, all that he had will be given to others. And Jesus' summation of this fairly simple parable, and yet deep, was to say this. So is the man who stores up treasures for himself, proving to be neither rich in material goods or rich in connection with God's goodness. Now, again, this is a parable. And in its context... It is very much about our relationship with the material things in this life. And there is a lot that could be considered in terms of the material things. But but that's not for today. We may need to visit that on another day. What I would like to consider. How this parable's main teaching applies to the idea of the, the spiritual abundance. God's open hand places in our life. Go with me to 1 Peter for just a moment and listen to these words. 1 Peter 3 and 4. Blessed be. Just listen to the open hand of God in this verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, And undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. The brother in Luke chapter 12 was concerned about his earthly, temporal, material inheritance. But if you will, here in 1 Peter, we are invited to, to look higher at our eternal inheritance. The Bible says that according to God's mercy, he has caused us to be reborn in his grace. A new life has been offered to us. In God's mercy and grace, we have been given a living hope in view of Christ's resurrection. If Christ was raised from the dead, so also those who believe in him. And in the mercy of God, we have this inheritance that is not temporary. It's not material. It's not temporary. This is an eternal inheritance that will not fade away. And it is sure and securely stored for us in heaven where this earth cannot defile it. As children of God, we've been given an abundance of spiritual blessing. Again, remember the words of Jesus. I came that they may have life And have it abundantly, right here, right now, and progressing all the way through eternity. Think of it this way. If God has caused the heavenly spiritual sun to shine on you, and spiritual rain to to fall upon you, and, and that has produced an abundant spiritual blessing in our lives... Do you think God just wants us to build bigger barns to keep all that spiritual abundance for ourselves? No. In fact, if we are selfish and closed-handed with what the goodness of God brings us, then in the language of that parable, we are not rich towards God, but instead wasted our abundance on ourselves. Church family, when God pours out spiritual abundance in our lives... What does he want us to do with it? Consider what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10. His disciples are just getting ready to be sent out on a missionary journey to proclaim the kingdom of God. And this is what Jesus said. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And here's the key. Freely you received, freely give. Freely give. As he sends them out, he reminds them of this core principle of discipleship. Freely you have received, freely give. Another way of imaging that in your mind is is God's hand has been opened toward you. Open your hand toward others. What have we freely and generously received from God? Do you know we actually can't come up with that list? There is so much that God has done for us that we don't even understand. There's so much that God has done for us that only in the ages of eternity will we be able to unfold the full goodness of God. But we do have a Bible before us, and it is loaded with things that God has freely and generously give to us. And so let me just point to a few of those for just a moment, all the way at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation. And he said to me, John the Revelator, God speaking to John, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. What have we received freely from God? In the finished work of Christ, we have freely been given water from the fountain of life that satisfies our thirst for life eternal Freely you have received, freely share from the abundance of this life-giving water life that he has given us. What have we been given freely from Christ? Romans six twenty three: for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God has given us eternal life freely in and through Jesus. And God wants us to to live the life that we have been given. Not selfishly, but, but openly sharing the abundance of the fruit of what He is doing in our lives. God's hand of love is opened towards us. And He wants us to open our hand towards others. One of my favorite abundance images of Scripture is found again in the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 6. I love this word picture of abundance. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return that an amazing image? The scripture tells us Jesus spoke these words, give away what God gives you and he'll give you more. And as you share your life that you're experiencing with Christ, with others, Christ will pour more blessings into your life. And not just a little measure, but a good measure. And as those blessings are poured into your life, they will be on your, uh, on your lap, this image, that they'll be pressed down and they'll be shaken together and they will just overflow to those that are around you. God's blessings, God's mercies, God's love in your life fill you up, not by keeping them, by a, but by allowing them to overflow flow. I want to share something with you by way of kind of a visual analogy. And I just want you to know, I recognize that all analogies kind of, they have their weaknesses. There's a point where analogies don't don't hold up perfectly well, but analogies still serve a very useful purpose. And I want to share something with you that you're probably a little curious about, Uh, That just tries to anchor in our experience the important connection between having that abundant spiritual life and letting that abundance overflow. In fact, if there are kids here today that would like to kind of come closer just to get a closer look, they're welcome to come up at any time. And so I've kind of uh, robbed Brenda's cupboards and uh, I've I've stolen some things from uh, our supply and there's some tape and hot glue involved here. And a, a picture. And let me just see if I can work through this analogy in a way that I hope will be informative and a blessing to you. And so, this cup is us. This is you. This is me. God has designed you with the capacity to be filled with His spiritual abundance. And, and for today's purposes, we know that God can grow our capacity. We know that. But let's just say right here, right now, today, this is the capacity. This is where you're at. This is the fullness that God has created in you to be able to be filled with spiritual abundance. And inside this picture is some blue water. And it represents God's blessings God's spiritual abundant blessings in your life. This represents meaningful experiences with God. This blue water represents. Your prayer life with God, when you have that connected moment in prayer and God speaks to you in that still small voice. This blue water represents how God answers prayers in our lives. And and we have those testimonies to share. This blue water represents the word of God, the truths that we have found in it that bless us so much or, or the promises of God's word. This blue water could represent how God reveals himself to you in in, in loving words or even in the actions of of others. This water in this picture that is just blue today represents God's goodness freely poured into your life. When God fills your life up, he fills our life up with abundant blessings. Blessings. And so here God is pouring all of these blessings of spiritual richness and spiritual things into our lives. And when he fills us up to the full, what do you suppose God wants us to do with that? How do you think God wants us to respond? I tell you what he doesn't want. He doesn't want us to get selfish And try to become a bigger cup. So that we can just hold more. In fact, you'll find that if you take God's full blessings and try to put them in a bigger cup, you lose ground. Your cup's not full anymore. Now it's not nearly as full as God intended it to be. When we try to keep to ourselves God's blessings, we lose. We don't gain. The way to keep our lives spiritually full is not holding on more tightly to it and just trying to put it in a bigger cup. No, no, no. The way that God keeps our lives spiritually full is by letting it overflow. We gain by letting what God gives us overflow. We lose when we try To contain it. As I'm pouring, you notice there's a little bit of a saucer beneath the cup. That saucer might represent those closest to you your family, your close friends, your church family. And God wants to overflow His blessings into your life, certainly into those that are closest to you. But God doesn't want you to even contain it there. Through them and directly through you, God wants that to overflow abundantly. Beneath the saucer is a plate. And as God fills your life up and you don't hold on to it, but you let it overflow, it can impact your world that's closest to you, and it can impact your world well beyond into those that you come in contact with. The overflow of God's abundant goodness in your life should in turn overflow to others so that God's abundance flows to those closest to you and well beyond. And the kids up here probably saw it best, but you know, maybe you can't see it clearly, but just did you notice the water that went over that edge and down the edge of the cup? And the water that went over this edge and down into the plate? That water that flowed over the edge is an amazing symbol of witnessing. The most powerful witness in the world is when you let your experience with God overflow. The most powerful evangelism in the world in its purest seed form Is that right there. That you have engaged a relationship with Christ. He has given you that abundant life in him. It is full. It is full. It is full. And instead of trying to hold it in for yourself. You express it. And you let it go. You share it with the world around you. And when you share. When it overflows. And by the way. When you are full of your relationship with Christ. You really can't contain it. It will overflow. And that overflow. And that overflow. That. Is witnessing in its most powerful form. That is evangelism at its very best. I'm glad you guys came up. You can stay here if you want, or you can go. It's up to you. I hope that visual helps anchor in our mind that God wants us to live an abundant life and overflow. Listen your cup stays full only when it's overflowing. Your cup is filled as you engage a personal relationship with Christ. It overflows when you share it. In 1953, Reverend Richard, Blanchard, by their vernacular and their church tradition, was waiting for a couple to arrive for premarital counseling at the Wesley Church in Coral Gables, Florida. The couple was late, and he was annoyed. He told his secretary that, I wait 30 minutes, and then I'm out of here. And instead of kind of just fuming... He went down the hallway into one of their Sunday school classrooms, and he began to kind of play around on a piano to kill some time. Richard Blanchard was quoted as saying this in an interview that was reported in the Miami Herald quite some time ago. This was his testimony. Quite often, I will play around with a song idea in my mind, and all of a sudden it will gel. A few of my songs have been given to me by the Lord. He said this. It only took six minutes to think up the words to the hymn, Fill My Cup, Lord. And I was finished with the music in another 20 minutes. There have been a few moments in my life, he said, when things have come from God, there is no other way to explain them. As I read the verses of the hymn, Fill My Cup. I noticed that in the first verse, there's the offering of hope that us as individuals, that God can fill our lives up with his goodness. I noticed in the second verse, that it portrays that he has that offer of spiritual abundance extended to all the world. And the third verse suggests that those who have been filled are to ask and to share with others, inviting them to also be filled with God's abundance as well. So we're going to close our Sabbath today with this hymn. You actually have an opportunity to pick up the hymnal and turn to hymn number 493 and to stand with me as we sing. The lyrics will be on the screen as well, but it's just a nice opportunity to open up that hymnal. And uh, Diane's going to help sing it today. And I just want to invite you to stand as we close our service with this really wonderful hymn, Fill My Cup. our prayer Lord we want that spiritually abundant life in you we're asking you Lord to fill our lives to the very brim with your goodness Lord help us to engage a life with you that more fully opens us up to that infilling and Lord help us to each one just overflow overflow to your honor and to your glory Lord we love you we thank you go with us now as we close our worship And the Sabbath hours that yet remain, Lord, we ask that you give us the rest that only you can give us. And that when the sun sets tonight, that we will have known that we've had a special moment with you, that you've revived our faith, recharged our energies to carry us through in this week to come. In your name we pray. Amen.